This is Over the Culture Podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like thieves. And I am your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Treblack, Black, for Subway, and Luke Fly Talker, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, the troller of trolls, the prince of petty, Steve G. October 9th as well as October 10th yes this has become a reoccurring thing on over the culture uh, as you all know or for the uneducated uh, I'm working two full-time jobs and it's kicking my behind and I'm trying to find time on a week-by-week basis to get an episode out of over the culture and uh, lately my Sunday show doesn't get published until monday damn near tuesday some weeks but hey i turned my project in and i'm currently battling sinuses Uh, yes uh, i love fall it's my favorite time of the year but it does come with its bs can't be all peachy king so I might sound a little like B. Arthur. Oh, Blanche. But we'll make it through. I've been through worse. By the way, happy Columbus Day. Whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. Oh, he was one of our forefathers. Ah, pay your respects. He discovered America. You know what? To celebrate Columbus Day, I think I'm going to discover my neighbor's kitchen and see how their Costco membership is working for them. Yeah, I discovered my neighbor's kitchen. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna celebrate Columbus Day, and I might get shot, rightfully so, just like Christopher Columbus should have. And another thing about these fucking American history buffs, these American history purists, I love pissing them off about their leaders, about their heroes who are full of fucking shit. These fucking great leaders who are really fucking racist and rapist and just the most vile human beings. Oh yeah, that that heroic Christopher Columbus guy, you know, he, he had the Nina Pinta Santa Maria. You, you want to know how he got those boats? Yeah, he had to blow a couple guys. Say that to a fucking American history buff purist motherfucker. That, that'll really grind their gears. Yeah, man. You have no idea. You don't want to know what he had to do to get the Nina. Fuck Christopher Columbus. You didn't discover shit. As somebody who discovered the inside of my car last week, uh, I've, I, I guess I'll never find out. Because that happened again. Second time in Atlanta. The first time someone got into my car while it was sitting at the airport while I was out of town. And, you know, I've gone on record about how ugly and just defeated and discouraged my car looks just by the pure look of it. It tells you, hey, I have nothing inside of me, absolutely nothing that you would want. Don't even waste. Don't even go through the trouble. But hey, every now and then some dumb fuck, some dick dribble. Hey, 
I see a beat up Nissan Altima. Let me see what we have in here. Absolutely fucking nothing. And I knew somebody went into my car because my CD books were in the front passenger seat. That's the first tell-all. I haven't even touched those fucking things. It, 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 they're CD books. Who the fuck uses CDs anymore? Glove compartment was open. And obviously, they took nothing. As you would imagine. As you would guess. It, it's just an inconvenience. And I, and I hate inconveniences, don't we all? You know, I'm, I'm glad they didn't take anything. That There was nothing for them to take. But it's just stupid. I hate thieves, I hate scammers. Go out and get your own shit. How, how low do you have to be to, to go into this fucking beat up car? Fucking kids, man. And, and it's not even about age, you got some grown ass kids. They were probably fully adults, full adults. Hey, let's want to play a game? <laughs> let's play breaking the people's cars. But I digress. Never, really. Speaking of grown toddlers, um, something that I think will be must-see TV is this Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock debate for the Georgia Senate. Uh, it's going to be October 14th, so I believe that's going to be this Friday. Uh, initially, the first debate was going to be on the 13th, but that got canceled for whatever reason, and Herschel Walker has already said uh, he's going to be embarrassed. And if I was a betting man, I I'd put all my money on that, yes, because Herschel Walker has already embarrassed himself. I swear, the ads that we get down here in Georgia, I don't know if this is nationwide, but the ads that we get every time I watch Hulu, every time I watch YouTube, it's just stupid shit after stupid shit. And the, the things that he allows to come out of his uh, CTE Heisman winning half bag ahead. I, I, my favorite so far is when he spoke on in, in the environment and, and how we can save the environment. He said something along the lines of, uh, well, y you know, we got the good air here in America and they got the bad air in China. So what we need to do is keep that bad air over in China so we, we can just keep getting good air. And then and, and I don't know if anyone broke it to him. I don't think that's how this works. Actually, that's not how this works. That sounds like a plot device on a fucking animated sitcom. That sounds like some Darkwing Duck shit. Herschel Walker has no real friends. Who the fuck told... Oh, you know what? I know who told him to get into politics. Fucking Donald Trump. Another person who was incompetent at his job. Hey, I know you're probably not going to be good at this, but look, shit, I got elected. I, I was fucking president. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and do this shit. You want a Heisman? You were in the fucking uh, NFL and, you know, well, yeah, sure, why not? They love you in Georgia. So after years of getting pats on the head and tap dancing for his butter biscuits, he said, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. It's a horrible idea, to be exact. Uh, just foot in the mouth after foot in the mouth. Um, apparently, the motherfucker is anti-abortion. 
but lo and behold uh he actually paid for an abortion years ago um from a seat for a secret baby he, he wanted to get that off the record he wanted nothing to do with it and the lady still has the fucking check that he sent her all of his talking points he doesn't even fully believe in he says he's anti-abortion regardless of the scenario and that means rape um any person who stands on that i mean you're automatic piece of shit um but the fact that you're a hypocrite and you actually used abortion um just what are you doing here bro just just what are you doing i, I and i bring all this up to say cte is real I love I love football, but if I had kids, I- I'd second guess about getting them in involved in this shit. Play some soccer. Practice on your hoops more. Get on the court. Play volleyball. Even his son, his his gay son, has been calling him out. He he I guess introduced him at his inaugural. Uh, campaign or whatever but since then he wants nothing to do with the Herschel Walker campaign and rightfully so because he knows probably better than we do that Herschel Walker is full of shit and uh, when it came to school shootings and gun control uh, speaking on the Robb Elementary school shooting that resulted in the deaths of 19 children and two teachers Walker was asked about his position on solutions to school shootings and he replied Cain killed Abel you know, and that's a problem that we have. And I say what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. Oh my God, what a fucking, what a Marvel idea, Herschel Walker. Tell us more. Walker then said that he supported a department that can look at young men that's looking at women that's looking at social media. What the fuck is that even supposed to mean? Oh my God. Turn this man's mic off. I I cannot wait to see this fucking shit show of a fucking railroad fucking marauding. <sighs> Cue the laugh track. Now, Walker, he supports increased government spending on mental health care as a partial solution to gun violence. Um, he, he needs to check on his mental health uh, while he's fucking talking. And then when asked about his position on gun control legislation, he replied, what I like to do is see it in everything and stuff <sighs> I'm not making this up people I swear I'm not I just can't with these cool niggas I, I can't I can't it, it's a hard pass hard no for me Herschel I'm not even going to get out of my home and, and apparently this is going to be a fucking close race this just shows you how loyal the fucking Republicans are they probably have no idea what most of the shit coming out of his mouth even fucking means it doesn't even fucking convey thought the fucking man said what I like to do is see it in everything and stuff and those stuffy ass white men are still gonna fucking vote for him because he's Republican and I, I just I don't even want to get him fuck the shit I, I, I want Raphael Warnock to win I, that's who I voted for the last time um, but I, I just I, I can't even see how this can be taken serious by anyone it's giving me green mile vibes I was tired, boss. 
And, and what I'm tired of is this Kanye emotional roller coaster. You know, I, I want to empathize. I, I want to understand uh, the the psyche, the this creative genius, because he is that gotta give the man his propers I, I want to feel like oh man you know what i maybe i was too hard on him you know let's try this again kanye and then he pulls this bullshit he he shows up with this white lives matter shirt because he thought it was funny and apparently he's banging candace owens i mean uh, it's just <sighs> i i can't i just can't with these motherfuckers man like obviously yes white lives matter but like he he's he wants some attention so bad just like herschel walker he just wants a pat on the head he just wants a hug from big daddy and be told everything gonna be all right now go ahead and kitchen get your butter biscuits boy <sighs> the music is great though the music is great but i, I don't know when they when i watched that documentary they did on netflix i was like man you know what i needed to see this i i fucks with you again kanye and then he does this shit and it's just like man you make it really hard you make it really fucking hard it, it, it's difficult to like the man and a man that i never fucking liked and, and i've gone on record on this show on that show on any fucking show and to anyone who cares to listen draymond green i just really for for one you played at the green michigan and i don't like either michigan whether you played for the blue or the green so there's that you played for the golden state warriors you're still playing for the golden state warriors cost my calves multiple championships uh while you were on that team uh, and uh, you just got a big mouth man you really think that you're m more valuable than what you really are you think you the scotty man sit your ass down you're barely rodman barely you you, you can't even sit at his table and so he had to sucker punch Jordan Poole, his teammate, who was actually a key contributor to their fourth championship this past summer. Um, and I know people have said, hey, man, that happens on teams uh, when they're practicing. Things get heated. Emotions get involved. Heated a moment type shit. Fists get thrown. People get pushed. This just happened to get recorded and sent to TMZ for everyone to see. But still it's another reason for me to not like draymond green and since then he had to do a press conference telling he's uh, telling the people he's removing himself from the team for a while to let the situation cool down man shut the fuck up shut the fuck up and i i, I know michael jordan he got in the fights with his teammates kobe he got in the fights he fought with shaq not fist fights not like that shit who wants to do that with Shaq? But shit. Draymond, he just, he's a bully. And I, I just want to see somebody shut him the fuck up. And he's not dumb. He picks and chooses. He knew little ass young Jordan Poole. Oops. Not a threat. Try that on Zach Randolph. Try, you didn't try that on Tristan. Tristan put them hands on you. About the same size. Tristan's probably a little bigger. Try that shit with Ben Wallace. Hell, try that with fucking 60-plus-year-old Dennis Rodman. That motherfucker's still crazy. Try that shit with Metta World Peace. 
you don't want no peace fuck Draymond Green and anyone who thinks and acts and fucking supports Draymond Green fuck the Golden State Warriors on Friday Quavo and Takeoff released their album only built for Infinity Links I already like the title it's a uh, inspired by Raekwon's infamous legendary iconic purple tape only built for Cuban links and uh, it uses some classic beats they they use the uh, so fresh so clean from outcast they did a little spin off that um, they they took 1900 hustler off of Jay-Z and um, it's got some features it's got young boy never broke again it's got Th young thug and gunna summer walker it's got Birdman. i actually like the Birdman track and it's called big stunner it, it requires little to no uh lyricism from Birdman. so <laughs> hey you should never ask for a lot of lyricism from brian williams and then there's Us Versus Them, the track that features Gucci Mane. Uh, the album is 59 minutes, 21 seconds, and, uh, you know, I'm a Migos stan. Um, I, I like the album, only built for Infinity Links, but no offset, it just don't hit the same. I felt like something was missing. I'm used to hearing Quavo's voice. I'm used to hearing Takeoff's voice. And it's just like, oh, wait for it. Where's it coming? I haven't heard this guy. Well, he wasn't on the last track, the track before. I, oh, that's right. He's not doing shit with them for the time being. <sighs> Whatever that's about. But if you were ever a fan of Migos, if you're a fan of Takeoff or Quavo, check out Only Built for Infinity Links. And. Also on Friday, Young Boy, Never Broke Again, or Never Broke Again Young Boy, however the fuck you say it, he released his album, 3800 Degrees, and um, obviously that's inspired by Juvenile's classic album, 400 Degrees. It's pretty ambitious, it's pretty ambitious to title your album that, and once again, I I've talked about NBA Youngboy's uh, albums before. Actually, he released an album this year prior to this. It's called The Last Slimeto, Slime 2, Last Slimeto. And uh, there were some tracks that I actually like on that one. But on this one, the 3800 Degrees, it's the same deal. It's 33 minutes, 48 seconds. It's 13 tracks. And uh, out of the 13 tracks, I probably added about three or four. And uh, my favorite track is probably track number three, Pimpin' a Bitch. Um, that shit goes hard. Uh, not too many features. Features, he, he has uh, Shy Glizzy. He's got Mouse on the track and E-40 on the second to last track, Thug Nigga Story. Um, I guess I'm just too old to be a young boy NBA fan because I've seen the fans I haven't seen this response since goddamn Justin Bieber when he first came out motherfuckers are chasing him at malls losing their goddamn minds to be next to young boy NBA I, and I've listened to the music I'm trying trying to tap into the psyche of these new millennials and I just phew. hey I, that's a track here and there Okay, I had that to my playlist, but 
it, it ain't like how I listen to 21 Savage. That is my shit. But I'm sure he's got his fans that have every track of this 3800 Degrees on their playlist. Steve ain't one of them. But you do you, young boy NBA. You do you. But all things October 9th. In 1986, the Fox Broadcasting Company launches as the United States' fourth commercial broadcast television network, the first such attempt since 1967. In 1987, The Princess Bride premiered in theaters. In 1992, Under Siege, starring Steven Seagal, premiered in theaters. In 1998, the films Holy Man, The Mighty, One Tough Cop, and Rushmore premiered in theaters. And I actually saw Rushmore. Um, that was my uh, introduction to Wes Anderson. Me and my buddy went to see that. And um, I don't know. Uh, I don't care to see it again. I'm actually good on Wes Anderson. He's just not my cup, man. Uh, but y'all can have at it. In 1999, the first Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival is held in California. The inaugural lineup consists of Beck, The Chemical Brothers, Tool, Morrissey, and Rage Against the Machine. In 2001, Bubba Sparks releases his album, Dark Days, Bright Nights. In 2015, the film Steve Jobs, the biopic based on the life and times of Apple creator Steve Jobs premiered in theaters. Uh, and on that same day, The Game releases the documentary too. In 2020, The War with Grandpa, starring Robert De Niro, premiered in theaters, uh, as well as Trey Songz releasing the album Back Home. But what I really want to highlight this time around is that in 2001, the same day Bubba Sparks releases his Dark Days, Bright Nights, T.I. Tip releases his debut album, I'm Serious. And what I like about this album, uh, really, more so than the album itself is that it's a story of resilience and believing in yourself because i'm serious ti was a relatively unknown at the time it's 2001 uh, and only people that were really getting national uh publicity uh were outcast ludicrous and uh, i guess this is the early stages of lil john's crunk era uh but when he released I'm Serious, it didn't get that much commercial airplay. Uh, the radios really shunned it city to city. But obviously that didn't stop him. Because since then, he's released hit after hit after hit. Oh my God. And I've even gone on record to say his last album, Libra, which was released in 2020, to me, that was his best album. But hey, what do I know? Just a nigga with a podcast. Today in sports history, in 1905, the first league-sanctioned baseball World Series begins. The New York Giants beat the Philadelphia A's 3-0 in Game 1 at Columbia Park. In 1909, Ty Cobb steals home in a World Series game. In 1919, the Cincinnati Reds beat the Chicago White Sox in the World Series 10-5 at Comiskey Park for a 5-3 series victory. Due to the Black Sox scandal, it's the last World Series to take place without a commissioner of baseball in place. 
in 1928, the New York Yankees beat the St. Louis Cardinals 7-3 at Sportsman Park to become the first to sweep a consecutive World Series. Babe Ruth hits three home runs for the Yankees. In 1934, the St. Louis Cardinals rout the Detroit Tigers 11-0 at Navin Field to clinch four games to three in a serious victory and it's their third championship. In 1944, in the only All-St. Louis World Series, the Cardinals beat the Browns 3-1 at Sportsman's Park for a 4-2 series victory. In 1949, the New York Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers 10-6 at Ebbets Field for a 4-1 series victory. It would start the Yankees' record run of five straight titles. In 1950, the New York Yankees beat the Philadelphia Phillies 5-2 at Yankee Stadium to sweep the series 4-0 for the 13th World Series title in team history. In 1958, the New York Yankees beat the Braves 6-2 at County Stadium in Milwaukee, clinching four games to three in the series triumph. In 1961, the New York Yankees win their 19th championship. They would route Cincinnati Reds 13-5 at Crosley Field in Game 5 for a 4-1 series victory. In 1966, the Baltimore Orioles claimed their first championship in franchise history, edging out the LA Dodgers 1-0 at Memorial Stadium for a 4-0 sweep. In 1983, Buffalo Bill quarterback Joe Ferguson passes for 419 yards with five touchdowns, winning a 38-35 game in overtime over the Dolphins in Miami. In 1986, Gilbert Peralt of Buffalo becomes the 12th NHL player to score 500 goals. In 1988, Dennis Eckersley is the first person to save all four games in a championship series. In 1989, the first NFL game coached by an African-American is held. Art Shell led his LA Raiders to beat the New York Jets 14-7 on Monday Night Football. In 1991, the San Jose Sharks beat Calgary for their first NHL win, 4-3. In 1997, North Carolina's record-winning college basketball coach, Dean Smith, retires. And that was my half-assed sports history. Coming up, I'm going to discuss T.I.'s debut album, I'm a Series, released on this day in 2001. We'll be black after these messages. Fuck all the nonsense, the lack of conscience, propaganda that causes conflict. Sick agenda to enforce dichotomy Ain't nothing but a plot to make us bow down to corporate sovereignty Honestly, they only fear what we could become All the better to keep the masses up under their thumb They like them dumb, so afraid of what you know Plant a seed, they kill it before it's able to grow Population control, unveil the secret Suppress the cure so they can sell the treatment That's evil genius, cold blood, definition of low light Incite the war, sell guns to both sides Ain't it a shame taking aim with your brother They got everything to gain from us killing each other Foolproof blueprint for a microchip prison Now they just want to make a small incision That's long division They want to keep us divided with the sounds of silence Yeah, that's long division Code and conduct resort to violence That's long division
Don't mean to cut you off, but pardon the interruption. On this platform, we fight crime and corruption. A psychopath that'll cut your mic in half. The public defenders don't need to speak on my behalf. They want to get me off the tune and be a coon. I'm a rebel with the trouble when the bass goes boom. Enough brain waves to power electric trains. They want to tie me down so they can shackle me in chains. American Airlines juggle the landmines, suspend the disbelief. Nation on standby, colorless green ideas and sleep furious. War poured over their eyes, leaving them curious. Ask yourself, what's the depth of your perception? Empowerment in mind is best for protection. Too many broadcasts leave you in a stupor fast. Having conversations with a screen. There's long division. If we don't think the same, communication breaks down. Yeah, there's long division. When the people become strangers in your own town. There's long division. In a special mention to those no longer with us, last Monday we lost American basketball player and coach Tiffany Jackson. Born on April 26, 1985 in Longview, Texas, she played college basketball for the Texas Longhorns, earning All-American honors. Jackson played professionally in the Women's National Basketball Association. For the New York Liberty, Tulsa Shock, and Los Angeles Sparks, she also played in the Israeli Premier League for Maccabi Eshdod. She later returned to Texas as an assistant coach for the Longhorns. Jackson was married to Derek Jones. Their son was born in 2012. Jackson died from breast cancer in Dallas on October 3, 2022. She was 37. On Tuesday, we lost American singer-songwriter Loretta Lynn. Born Loretta Webb on April 14, 1932 in Butcher Hollow, Kentucky, her career spanned six decades in country music. Lynn released multiple gold albums as well. She had hits such as You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man, Don't Come Home a Drinkin' with Lovin' on Your Mind, One's on the Way, Fist City, and Coal Miner's Daughter. In 1980, the film Coal Miner's Daughter was made based on her life. Lynn received many awards and other accolades for her groundbreaking role in country music, including awards from both the Country Music Association and Academy of Country Music as a duet partner and an individual artist. She was nominated 18 times for a Grammy Award and won three times. As of 2022, Lynn was the most awarded female country recording artist and the only female ACM artist of the decade, the 1970s. Lynn scored 24 number one hit singles and 11 number one albums. She ended 57 years of touring on the road after she suffered a stroke in 2017 and then broke her hip in 2018. Lynn died in her sleep at her home in Hurricane Mills on October 4, 2022 at the age of 90. No cause of death was immediately given. On Thursday, we lost American comedian, actress, and comedy musician Judy Tenuta. Born Judy Lynn Tenuta on November 7, 1949 in Oak Park, Illinois, she was known for her whimsical and brash persona of the love goddess, mixing insult comedy, observational humor, self-promotion, and bowdy onstage antics. 
Throughout her career, Tenuta built a niche but devoted following, particularly among members of the LGBTQ community. Tenuta wrote two comedy books and received two nominations for the Grammy Award for Best Comedy Album. Tenuta died in Studio City, California on October 6, 2022 at the age of 72 from stage 4 ovarian cancer with which she had been diagnosed in 2020. At the time of her death, she had been in a long-term relationship with Vern Pang. She had no children. Eddie Guerrero was an American professional wrestler. Born Eduardo Gori Guerrero Lanes on October 9, 1967 in El Paso, Texas, he was a prominent member of the Guerrero wrestling family, being the son of first-generation wrestler Gori Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is highly regarded as one of the most influential wrestlers of all time. Guerrero performed in Mexico and Japan for several major professional wrestling promotions and in the United States performed for Extreme Championship Wrestling, World Championship Wrestling, and most notably World Wrestling Federation slash Entertainment. Guerrero's gimmick was that of Latino Heat, a crafty, resourceful wrestler who would do anything to win a match. His catchphrase became, I lie, I cheat, I steal, and was used in one of his entrance themes. He partly used his phrase in the title of his 2005 autobiography, Cheating, Death, Stealing Life. Despite being a hill for most of his career, he was popular in and out of the ring and was at the peak of his career as a face during 2003 to 2005, becoming the top wrestler on the SmackDown brand in 2004. He experienced various substance abuse problems, including alcoholism and an addiction to painkillers. These real-life issues were sometimes incorporated into his storylines. Guerrero spent his early career wrestling in Mexican promotions and forming a popular tag team with Art Barr. After the death of Barr, Guerrero received his first mainstream exposure in the United States in 1995 by joining ECW and winning the ECW World Television Championship. Later that year, Guerrero moved to WCW, where he became WCW United States Champion and WCW Cruiserweight Champion, and also led the Latino World Order. He left WCW in 2000 after the company failed to elevate him to a main event spot. He moved to WWF with his WCW colleagues, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn, who formed a group called The Radicals. Guerrero went on to win the WWF European Championship and WWF Intercontinental Championship before he was released in 2001 due to addiction issues. After being rehired in 2002, he formed Los Guerreros with his nephew Chavo, winning the WWE Tag Team Championship and established himself on the SmackDown brand. He climbed to main event status and won the WWE Championship his sole world championship at No Way Out 2004. He lost the title later that year, but remained a popular main eventer until his death. He was posthumously inducted into the WWE, AAA, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and Hardcore Halls of Fame. On November 13, 2005, Guerrero was found unconscious in his hotel room at the Marriott Hotel City Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota by his nephew Chavo. In a 2020 interview for the documentary Dark Side of the Ring, Chavo explained that Eddie had passed out in the hotel room bathroom with a toothbrush in his hand and was barely clinging to life when Chavo discovered him. Eddie Guerrero was pronounced dead upon the ambulance arriving at the scene. He was 38 years old. John Antwistle was an English musician. 
born John Alec Antwistle on October 9, 1944 in Chiswick, England, he was mostly known as the bassist for the rock band The Who. Antwistle's music career spanned over four decades. Nicknamed The Ox and Thunderfingers, he was the band's only member with formal musical training and also provided backing and occasional lead vocals. Antwistle was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of The Who in 1990. Renowned for his musical abilities, Antwistle's instrumental approach used pentatonic lead lines and a then unusual treble rich sound. He was voted as the greatest bassist ever in a 2011 Rolling Stone Reader's Poll, and in 2020, the same magazine ranked him number three in its own list of the 50 greatest bassists of all time. Antwistle died in room 658 at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Paradise, Nevada on June 27, 2002, one day before the scheduled first show of the Who's 2002 United States Tour. He was 57 years old. John Lennon was an English singer, songwriter, musician, and peace activist. Born John Winston Lennon on October 9, 1940 in Liverpool, England, he achieved worldwide fame as the founder, co-songwriter, co-lead vocalist, and rhythm guitarist of the Beatles. Lennon was characterized by the rebellious nature and acerbic wit in his music, writing and drawings, on film, and in interviews. His songwriting partnership with Paul McCartney remains the most successful in history. Born in Liverpool, Lennon became involved in the skiffle craze as a teenager. In 1956, he formed the Quarrymen, which evolved into the Beatles in 1960. Sometimes called the Smart Beatle, he was initially the group's de facto leader, a role gradually ceded to McCartney. Lennon soon expanded his work into other media, by participating in numerous films, including How I Won the War, and authoring in his own right, and A Spaniard in the Works, both collections of nonsense writings and line drawings. Starting with All You Need Is Love, his songs were adopted as anthems by the anti-war movement and the larger counterculture. In 1969, he started the Plastic Ono Band with his second wife, the multimedia artist Yoko Ono, held the two-week-long anti-war demonstration bed-ins for peace and quit the Beatles to embark on a solo career. Between 1968 and 1972, Lennon and Ono collaborated on many works, including a trilogy of avant-garde albums, several more films, his solo debut, John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band, and the international top 10 singles, Give Peace a Chance, Instant Karma, Imagine, and Happy Christmas, War is Over. Moving to New York City in 1971, his criticism of the Vietnam War resulted in a three-year deportation attempt by the Nixon administration. Lennon and Ono separated from 1973 to 1975, during which time he produced Harry Nilsson's album, Pussycats. He also had chart-topping collaborations with Elton John and David Bowie. Following a five-year hiatus, Lennon returned to music in 1980 with the Ono collaboration Double Fantasy. As a performer, writer, or co-writer, Lennon had 25 number one singles in the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Double Fantasy, his best-selling album, won the 1981 Grammy Award for Album of the Year. In 1982, Lennon won the Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to Music. In 2002, Lennon was voted 8th in a BBC history poll of the 100 Greatest Britons. Rolling Stone ranked him the 5th greatest singer and 38th greatest artist of all time. 
He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1997 and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, twice as a member of the Beatles in 1988 and as a solo artist in 1994. At approximately 5 o'clock p.m. on December 8, 1980, Lennon autographed a copy of Double Fantasy for fan Mark David Chapman before leaving the Dakota with Ona for a recording session at the record plant. After the session, Lennon and Ona returned to their Manhattan apartment in a limousine at around 10.50 p.m. Eastern. They exited the vehicle and walked through the archway of the building when Chapman shot Lennon twice in the back and twice in the shoulder at close range. Lennon was rushed in a police cruiser to the emergency room of Roosevelt Hospital where he was pronounced dead on arrival at 11.15 p.m. He was 40 years old at the time of his death. Rest easy, y'all. On this day in 2001, I'm Serious was released. I'm Serious is the debut studio album by American rapper T.I., released through Arista Records. The album included guest appearances from Pharrell Williams of the Neptunes, Jazzy Faye, Too Short, Bone Crusher, Lil Jon, Mac Boney, Pastor Troy, PSC, and Youngbloods. The album featured production from DJ Toomp, Craig Love, Maceo, Brian Kidd, The Neptunes, Jazzy Faye, Young D, Lil Jon, and T.I. himself. Despite the album's guest appearances and production team, the album peaked at number 98 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart and only sold over 165,000 copies in the United States. Upon its release, critics pointed to the fact that many of the tracks sounded the same and that a few were blatant ripoffs. Other critics commented saying, T.I. claims to be the king of the South, but fails to show and prove. He does, however, have potential. If his talent ever matches his confidence, he may just be headed for stardom. Due to the poor commercial reception of the album, T.I. asked for a joint venture deal with Arista Records or be released from his contract. He was subsequently dropped from the label. T.I. was born Clifford Joseph Harris Jr. on September 25, 1980 in Atlanta, Georgia, the son of the late Clifford Buddy Harris Sr. and Violetta Morgan. He was raised by his grandparents in Bankhead, Atlanta, Georgia. His father lived in New York City and he would often go up there to visit him. His father suffered from Alzheimer's and later died from the disease. T.I. was interested in rap music at the young age of seven and found that he could entertain his relatives and feel included. T.I. began rapping at age 9. He was making demos of his music by age 10 or 11. He attended Douglas High School but later dropped out. As a teenager, he was a drug dealer. By age 14, he had been arrested several times. He was nicknamed Tip after his paternal great-grandfather. Upon signing with Arista Records in 1999, he shortened his name to T.I. out of respect for label mate Q-Tip. The title track, I'm Serious, was released on June 26, 2001, and failed to make Billboard Hot 100. The song was produced by the Neptunes, and it features Beanie Man. The song had very little airplay and failed to chart. The label declined to release a second single, however T.I. created a video for Dope Boys that was released to YouTube. Upon its release, I'm Serious received positive reviews from most music critics. Some critics, however, pointed to the fact that many of the tracks sounded the same and that a few are blatant ripoffs. 
All Music wrote, T.I. claims to be the king of the South, but on I'm Serious, he fails to show and prove. He does, however, have potential. If his talent ever matches his confidence, he may be headed for stardom. Down South gave the album a 4 out of 5 stars, saying with his solo finally about to drop, this album should be his gateway into the mainstream arena. Overall, this album is all I expected, plus more. Hip Hop DX wrote, Lyrically, Atlanta bred T.I. isn't far behind a lot of other gifted young cats trying to make it in the rap game. But rather than doing stand-up on the mic or seeing how many words he can rhyme with Versace, this 20-year-old tells wonderfully detailed stories on I'm Serious about coming up when all the elements try to keep you down. But T.I.'s at his best when he uses his head and not his, well, head. Similarly, I'm Serious gets it done by talking about familiar hip-hop topics, gats, girls, and making green, but doing it in a way that somehow comes off as fresh and original. Rhapsody wrote, the opening salvo from one of Southern hip-hop's most charismatic MCs, I'm Serious is more introspective and less bombastic than T.I.'s subsequent work. Still Ain't Forgave Myself and What Happened are surprisingly tender, though Dope Boys and the Neptunes produce What's Your Name set the stage for the emergence of T.I.'s playa slash pusher persona. In its first week of release, I'm Serious made its debut on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart at number 98, and it debuted at number 27 on the Top R&B Hip Hop Albums Chart. The album only sold 163,000 copies in the United States. Due to the poor commercial reception of the album, T.I. was dropped from Arista Records. Despite his debut effort falling on deaf ears, this should be an example of perseverance and pushing on. When everyone doesn't believe in you, you still believe in yourself. Happy anniversary, I'm serious. Thank you, T.I., for believing in yourself. Birthdays for October 9th. Turning 44 is American basketball player and coach Juan Dixon. American actor and comedian Nick Swartzen turns 46 today. American singer, songwriter, guitarist, producer, and actor Sean Lennon turns 47. Turning 49 is American actor, television host, and musician Steve Burns. Turning 52 is American basketball player and coach Kenny Anderson. Turning 53 is English director, producer, and screenwriter Steve McQueen, the, the black Steve McQueen, who's still alive. English musician, singer, songwriter, writer, poet, and composer PJ Harvey also turns 53. Mexican-American director, producer, and screenwriter Guillermo del Toro turns 58. Turning 64 is American football player and coach Mike Singletary. Jamaican singer-songwriter Aini Kamosi turns 65. Remember him? Here come the odd stepper. Happy 68th birthday to American actor Scott Bakula, making those quantum leaps. And a happy 69th birthday to American actor and producer Tony Shalhoub. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. As always, check out my other show, Happened in the 90s, with my buddy Matt G. Every Thursday, Crush Gasm with Kendra on Wednesday, B3F Podcast with Joey and Steve, and Don't Worry, Be Movie with Amanda Wave. Y'all be cool. Go Cowboys. Go Tribe. Work Guardians. And go Buckeyes.
Y'all be cool. Peace. Light a candle for the sinners.